0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Cash everything around me. Queen gets the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo.
0: Hello and welcome to the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host today, Matthew Davis, and I am joined with one of my good friends, Phil Dussault, if you do not know who that is, he can be followed on Twitter at Phil Dussault, that is spelled D U S S A U L T 27. And I'm sure you already know if you're listening to this, he is Champ Champ from 2021, winning the main event overall and the auction championship overall. Uh, Phil, good morning and thank you for joining me.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me, Matt
0: absolutely you and i were able to uh, meet in person yet again so we've hung out in vegas uh last or this year i should say in march which was great to see uh your face in person since we've been kind of hanging out via text or twitter etc and podcasting together here and there uh and you and i met up with zach waxman and steve Weimer, and we uh had a ball at a blue jays game and we went to the hockey hall of fame you even got (laughs) to play goalie for a little bit, <laughs> uh, which was really cool and exciting for me to see, even though I was extremely hungover and had back spasms, uh, it was it was a ball. Um, and you and I stayed in Toronto an additional night as the other two left, and we got to go to another Blue Jays game. <laughs> Some interesting things happened at that game <laughs> where our section started to smell. <laughs> this poor kid. This poor kid in front of us with his mom was at his first Blue Jays game ever, and he's so excited. He's wearing a Vladimir Guerrero jersey, and his mom brings him ice cream, and all of a sudden, he starts to vomit all over the aisle seat. Uh,
1: Right on my leg.
0: Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Splash. There was some splashing going on on Bill's leg. Some landed on the back of my ankle and foot uh, shoe. So... uh, (laughs) It was, it was a lot of fun though. So it's good to see you again. Um, We've been keeping in touch, just kind of talking about our baseball teams and you and I uh, put together some football teams together at the NFFC. Um, So how, how, how are things going? I see that you're 12th currently right now in the overall for the main event, which is really impressive. The top 30 teams, uh, they will also receive a bonus right in the overall prize pool with first place taking down 200,000, and then it obviously trickles down to the 30th spot. So you're currently winning that league, and you're currently in the bonus uh, in that one. So kudos to you. Is that the one that was in Las Vegas?
1: Uh, no, that one's my online one. Uh, okay. And I was uh, going back and forth with Jason Anthony for a while. Um, actually, for a while, he was head of me in the overall, and I just barely passed him in the league. Um, now I've got, I think, a five-point league in the league in the uh, five point lead in the league. Um, and he's still a little bit in the overall, but I think it's still really close can go either way. Uh, and my good friend Griffin Benger is third in that league as well. So uh, we, we oh, kind of draft, we kind of did it all online before we, we all became friends. Um, now we're kind of telling ourselves that we'll avoid each other next year. <laughs> in our main events. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that seems to happen, um, you know, purposefully with some of us as we begin to meet each other. Right? It, it first starts yeah. on Twitter and then through the leagues, and then you finally meet up in Las Vegas. And then some of these, um, meetups become friendships, like you and Griffin, you guys get to uh, hang out with each other and watch ball sometimes. And uh, it is interesting to see, uh, people fantasy players, managers, avoiding each other due to maybe sharing knowledge or information or just being close enough to where uh, you just don't want to play against each other. For me, for years, it's been Zach Betancourt. We've always obviously avoided each other because we've been sharing information. Um, I'll be doing the same with you and a couple of other people um, just because we do talk and kind of spread a little bit of information with each other. So it's good to have that uh, component with you as well. I think that it really does help to to sort of, uh, bounce things off one another. I know that you Phil uh, Rob DiPietro and Steve Weimer have, uh, a team together, right? So that's kind of, you talk about things in that yep. league. Um, and then it kind of can create another focus or section for you to improve upon on your own team. So it's, it's a really neat component in baseball. I'm not sure that football has it like that since some of the savages are just in every single draft against <laughs> each other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really a unique thing that I'm starting to see increase uh and get stronger in the NFBC.
1: Yeah, it's gonna I can't imagine like 10 years from now I'm gonna have to avoid, avoid everyone because it seems like <laughs> I'm making new friends every year. I'm like, okay, hey, this is a list of people I don't want to be in leagues when uh in leagues with because of friendships and, and so on. So um yeah I mean like even Griffin like I, I knew he lived in Montreal and we kind of talked a little bit last we met on the FTN podcast actually uh I think it was last year. Yeah, last, end of last year with Vlad it was for-
0: yeah. It was for our, the championship run, right? Yeah, Weren't exactly. we live streaming
1: yeah. the last day of games and stuff? Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit there and then uh, we met in Vegas. The It was funny. That's a funny story. Um, I was sitting with the, with Rob DiPietro at the, we're doing a 750 OC. And um, James Tomney is uh, drafting, telling his story and I'm just looking straight and I see this guy with a uh, Blue Jays jersey, Blue Jays hat. Um, and I just, don't pay attention, even though the name tag is right there. And then like, I don't know, round three or four, I kind of just like move my hand. And I see Griffin's so I'm like, oh, and I look at him. Oh, you're Griffin. <laughs> I like, I hadn't <laughs> recognized him or anything. I'm like, look at this guy with all the, oh, the Blue Jays gear. They hadn't, I hadn't connected the dots. Uh, so then after that we went for lunch. Now we've hung out a couple of times in Montreal. Um, I went to this place to watch some baseball. So it's it's just nice to have those, those friendships coming from this game where we kind of all compete against, against each other.
0: I know you and Steve are really close. Uh, and then when we got to Toronto, you and I took the the train in together into the city. And uh, it blew me away that you had never actually met Steve because he hadn't yeah. been able to make the <laughs> Vegas trip over the last few years. And then you weren't able to make the trip uh, the prior year. So uh, that, that was pretty cool to see as well. Let's get into some, some goodness, some badness. Um, actually, you know, I'm looking at the doc right now that I sent to you, and I think it's just all bad stuff, actually
1: yeah it's, no. all, it's all negative i see ucl yeah. i see il i see broken hand <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's get into it Um, uh, shohei otani we know that he's dealing with the oblique uh and it has sort of been stifling fantasy managers myself included i have him in the vegas main event and um you know i at first i was still starting him last week at one point and then now after being scratched obviously you just gotta sit him right now and it's it's really frustrating to see and then when you tack on what happened with his elbow and what's additionally going to come in the future with potential surgery for the ucl uh he won't be pitching next season now most fantasy managers are already going in planning that shohei otani is my hitter if i need him as a pitcher it's sort of in a pinch slash dire straits situation we all o- we do know though next year he is strictly going to be ut only he was going what what, did he go second in your guys's early draft yeah he went
1: second in that draft the problem though is like Steve made that pick because um it was such an early DC and he wanted to have the option of of hitter or pitcher depending on because you can draft three aces and one or two of them could get hurt so it's just that flexibility I think he, him, I'm, and I don't want to speak sort of theme, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he would have taken Strider if it was a regular DC, uh, that you're doing in February or March or whatever. Uh, he would have taken Strider, and I think Otani probably would have fell in that next group. Um, that there's probably next group of eight or nine guys that are really close to each other. So I could, I like before the injury, I could have seen him go anywhere from from three to ten, roughly.
0: How are we going to evaluate him in 2024? Let's say we show up to the main event in Las Vegas. We know what team he's playing on. Um, It could be the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Phillies, etc. Even the Royals can afford them. I I hate when people are like, oh, well, the Royals can't afford it." It's the the tight-ass billionaire owner (laughs) that just doesn't want to spend the fucking money. Um, So with Otani, does the landing spot, is that really going to impact uh, his projection moving forward i I don't think so significantly obviously if he lands on some of the braves blue jays dodgers etc that's great that's that's where we want him to be but where does he does he go at the end of the first round because of just he's a hitter he's a ut only hitter he does provide some speed obviously he's elite in power he's having the best batting average of his career he's still a first rounder right
1: i mean it depends what type of surgery he has um In 2018, he had Tommy John on October 1st and came back May 7th. Um, Harper had it November 23rd and came back on May 2nd. That was one of the quickest returns um, from Tommy John, but we kind of saw Harper didn't have any power for the first couple of months. Um, So maybe he came back too soon. So we're talking... Uh, but then maybe he does it maybe he he goes he opts for rest and or I think it's the, the brace that might be a quicker return. Um I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to guess. Um Harper went 218 this year at main events, so but we kind of expected him to come back more around the all-star break. Um maybe second Tommy John takes a longer rehab because you have to be more careful. Um so many question marks. Yeah. if yeah if, if you're lizard. telling me in March that otani is um say starting to hit and he'll be back mid-may then his price probably looks somewhat like tatis that this year okay. um which was i think it was what mid-second you think um, that there's any
0: shot that they whatever team signs him says let's is there a chance that they could opt out for surgery in that situation if he wanted to just be a hitter? Um,
1: or yeah, should he get uh, it done
0: regardless? Isn't that's kind he of probably like has to get it, it done regardless? Okay. I
1: mean, if yeah. if if Harper had it done, I'm, I'm guessing, um, he has to get it done regardless.
0: Um, yeah, Corey, Corey Seeger, um, who was it, Miguel Sano. I believe both of them also had it. Yeah. Um, so well, I mean, the, yeah. the, rehab,
1: the rehab is completely different though. Um, Right, for which him. Is, but there's one there's one thing I read from from I mean they're they seemed like real doctors not not actual internet doctors but quotes <laughs> in an article from real doctors um, about how second Tommy John is a lot more tricky and the rehab is a lot more tricky and hitting during that time could um, make it more complicated. Um, so if he goes on a team like the Dodgers, which seem to be more careful. Maybe they'll tell him we'd rather you don't hit for most of the year. I don't know. There's so, I mean, yeah. I don't I, I know if I'm doing a DC right now, I'm just not touching him, even if it's round 10. Um, I don't think I'm touching him, so yeah,
0: that that all those points do validate like no, not being anywhere near um a first round pick. So it's unfortunate, yeah. but hopefully, we'll get to see the unicorn, the alien, whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, Shohei Otani, hopefully, we'll see him back. Sooner rather than later on the field for 2024, and hopefully it is on the Dodgers. Let's get into some other <laughs> stuff here. Adbert Alzale goes on the I.L. with forearm soreness. It was kind of weird because he was sort of pitching through it a little bit. And the the clubhouse wasn't, uh, David Ross wasn't really mentioning anything about it. And then all of a sudden, you see Julian Merriweather get the save over the weekend. And on Monday, there goes Alzale onto the I.L., we saw last night the Cubs get a save, and it went to Michael Fulmer, who just recently came off of the I.L., and that was simply due because uh, Julian Mer- Merriweather was unavailable after pitching back-to-backs on Saturday and Sunday. Merriweather gets the ninth. You and I, I think, both agree on that?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, if if Fulmer wasn't there, I'd say Merriweather gets the ninth for sure, because he got the ninth on on Sunday, and, I, and he actually went three straight. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So when you do that, it means you trust the guy. You want to put him in there. Um, Fulmer wasn't available then, though, because he, he just came off the IL. He got the save yesterday. Um, so I could see them choosing to use Meriwether in a higher leverage spot and giving Fulmer the ninth, um, especially because they don't seem to have that other guy that they can use. I mean, Lighter is fine, but like they don't have that other guy they can bring in, in the 7th or the 8th um, to get four or five outs. Um, meriwether has been that guy. Um, so I could see a scenario where he comes in the 738 against the top of the order and they say former for the ninth. Um, uh, but if I had to take a guess right now, I'd say Meriwether still gets most, uh, most of the saves.
0: Merryweather over the last 30 days has the eighth highest K minus walk rate at 32.6%. The 11th highest swinging strike rate at 17.9% and the third highest CSW rate at 40.3%. Before Fulmer did go on the IL, he was kind of like their, their lower slash higher leverage guy when the, the like sixth inning, he was kind of coming in into those jams where the starting pitcher was kind of on the fritz. Um, so it will be interesting to see. Be sure to look, read my update, uh, the bullpen report that is available at FTN Fantasy. That'll be coming out on Saturday. Uh, and I'm, I'm already assuming that both of them will be mentioned, but I'll be digging a little bit deeper as I have more time to see the usage patterns for the Cubs. Uh, another bummer here: Felix Bautista has a partial tear in his UCL. UCL, excuse me. And Baltimore thinks that they could get him back by the end of the season slash playoffs. This kind of feels like a we'll throw you out there. Like uh, who was it? Masahiro Tanaka was pitching with the, <laughs> the, the slight tear for a while, yeah, right? Yeah. With partial tear. Okay, so look. I don't think he has any fantasy relevance for the rest of the season. It just seems like they might, I I would cut him if I have him uh, first and foremost. Uh, And then let's say he does pitch in the playoffs. When does the surgery come that extends it? Um, And then what happens for next year? Is he out all of next year? Does he get the surgery? And then, then this year, who's the, who's the guy? I know it was Yenier Cano at first, and then we saw some Fuji love. Uh, Fuji did pitch the ninth last night again, but it was in a five or six-run lead, so it wasn't a save opportunity. A lot to unravel with Baltimore, uh, starting first with Felix Bautista the rest of the season outlook, and then what happens for our 2024 season?
1: Yeah, uh, it's really sad because he was pitching so well. Um, He's just dominant. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think they're just kind of trying to see if there's anything they can – do it and let him pitch in the playoffs. Um, just they haven't been there in a while, and he's 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 their guy. So if they can give him a shot, um, they've probably determined that they can't hurt him more. There's a chance he can pitch through it. I mean, they have to believe that uh, there can't be any long term risks to, to doing that. Otherwise, I, I I mean, I there's no way they the, do that. Um, the Dodgers
0: did it with Tony Constance.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They said, oh. just just keep fucking eating innings, buddy, until you fucking really yeah. feel the burn.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I wish him the best. Um, I I mean, even if he magically pitches through the playoffs and they don't get surgery, he's uh, someone I'll be staying away from next year. Um, yep. Just way too much risk. But um, hopefully, he can pitch through. Or they get surgery at the end of the year. He can come back later, late next year. Um, for now. I mean I I'm pretty sure it has it, they have to go back to Kano. I only gave up 3 runs on um on Saturday I think it was. Um but I think the fact they, they went to Fujinami with the big lead yesterday meant they're kind of saving Kano for for closer games. Um at least for the next stop and then if he has another blow up then the then Fujinami might be might be the guy. That's that's
0: a good point. Yeah, saving Kano with the 6 run lead and then using Fuji kind of as the not the closer, but the just get it done job or roll. That's what was going on last night. So I I tend to agree with that as well. And I will have another update again, the bullpen report. Um, Jose Siri, broken hand, ouch, easy cut. Uh, He could potentially come back at the end of the season or playoffs, but something like that, any player right now that's even missing a week. In some leagues, I saw that um, Yohan Mancata had knee soreness uh, on Sunday and wasn't in the lineup. And you know, just not knowing the you know what what's gonna come next. Um, I'm cutting people like that right now just because I need live bodies. Um so I would cut him. Do you agree with that? Would you be cutting Siri with the broken hand with just three weeks ago? Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, could, I mean, I, I'm like you, I cut everyone. Um yeah. I'm probably even yeah. more cuts. more dramatic more dramatic than you are uh with with cuts. Uh <laughs> But I made. The, I was on. Um, I did the launch angle pod with Jeff Zimmerman and, and Rob DiPietro. Um, was it last week? And one of the points I said is that at this time of year, with probably half the teams not making fab moves in your league, um, there's a lot of good schedules like this with a lot of Pirates that you could pick up, a lot of Rockies that you could pick up. Um, there might be. I want to see about fifty hitters that are hard to replace for the last two to three weeks. Everyone else, um, since your bench is full, since you're keeping um, injured players and your starters, you know which ones are you're going to use over the next two, two to three weeks, you can use six, six bench spots, pick up one guy for for Monday, Thursday, and one guy for Friday, Sunday in in, um, in an FBC league, and you can pretty much cover any player that isn't inside of the top 40 or 50. Um, those guys are hard to replace, but everyone else just stream and in last week, uh, Jorge Mateo, he had three three lefties in the first half of the week. I picked him up for got two steals. I mean, I, I he's useless otherwise, but just in, in the in the short short period of time, a bunch of guys like that you can pick up, um, especially in that FBC with the with the half weeks.
0: I cut five players in my Vegas main event last week and added five players, obviously for uh, just a dollar. Um, yeah, kind of to your point right there: a corner infielder, a middle infielder, a, a guy with multi-position eligibility. Uh, And then I added Fuji and Robert Stevenson in case I didn't like a starting pitcher matchup or, you know, somebody randomly is day-to-day or lands on the IL, you kind of throw in one of those HLR guys that have um, elite metrics. So, oh, wait, well, back to back to Jose Siri real quick in the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Harold Ramirez, does he get a slight uptick in playing time? It's he's it's been really frustrating uh, from for fantasy managers as he's in the lineup and uh, he produces, and then you know, and then he sits the next day, and then the other guy would be Manuel Margot. Uh, should be back soon from elbow surgery. Uh, hopefully, I, I wouldn't be adding him until he is back. So, Harold Ramirez, do you have any interest in him, and do you think he gets an uptick in PT?
1: Um, in most of my leagues, I need power and speed, so he isn't my guy. Um, if you need batting average, I think he could be. Uh, from what I saw on on series off days, they've been they've been using Luke Rayleigh in center field. Um, I don't see that they used anyone else in center field over the last, um, month at least. Um, oh yeah. Josh Lowe played a little bit of center field, but I do think Rayleigh plays mostly center field. Um, and that kind of opens up the, the DH, um, spot a little bit more for, for, for Harold, um, Vidal Prohan probably a little plays a little bit in, in right field as well. They'll mix things up there the raise. Um, I think I saw Margot is starting rehab, um, I believe, today. So, uh, But he's been out for a bit. So um, for the rest of the week, it's probably going to be a mix of Brujan, Reilly, uh Harold. Uh, for next week, you'll add Margot into that mix. So um, it could get a little messy. I'm not sure any of them are going to be worth
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Rostering for, for the full week. Um, Harold plays against all lefties. So if they get more lefties, um, if they get something like three or four lefties next week, I haven't looked at the schedule, but uh, I think I need something like that to to, to make it worth uh, picking him up for, for next week.
0: Yeah, and I noticed there's a couple, quite a few teams that are only getting six games the next couple of weeks. So be sure to capitalize on a full schedule and looking at platoon splits, moving on to the Chicago Cubs and Heimer Candelario. It's not in the starting lineup last night in Colorado due to back tightness. I, I, it's always a bummer when you see somebody get, you know, not in the starting lineup to begin the week at Coorsfield. It's just such a bummer, but there's gotta be, you know, you gotta proceed with caution um, moving forward. This could potentially end up as an IL stint. Uh, if you don't see him in the lineup, by the end of the week, uh, and they haven't put him on the IL. I'm still probably going to cut him, just because back issues and spasms are so hard to predict. We saw that recently with Brandon belt, he was having, uh, back spasms. And then I think had the flu or something like that, some sort of illness. And then he was in the starting lineup last night, had two plate appearances, and then was pulled again for back spasms. So I would assume that this time he goes on the IL and we could see something similar with Heimer Candelario. So I would just tread with caution. Uh, moving forward with him, he's been pretty damn good since being acquired by the Cubs. There's got to be an increase for playing time. I think that goes to Patrick Wisdom and Nick Madrigal. Is there anybody else that could perk your interest from the Cubs
1: offense? I think Pete Kerr Armstrong is the one that could get impacted by this. Um, we didn't see it last night, last night against the lefty. Maybe it's just this first game to use them as a pinch runner. Um, but I do think if, if they choose to move um, Bellinger to first base uh full time to replace Candel- to replace Candelario um and, and use PCA in, in center field. Maybe we, maybe you mix with Talkman. Um Morel seems to only play against lefties. So however they, they decide to, to to move things, um if Candelario is out and Morel only plays against lefties, then that, that extra spot could go to the PCA um against righties. Um then against lefties they they use um they use morale, they use wisdom, like you said. So um, it's uh, keeping on it for the rest of the week. Um, it's it's tough at this time of year. Um, I mean, last night, the, the Rockies thing was, was complicated as well. Um, we're just getting no updates on these guys because uh, they don't have to make... I don't know if the beat writers have checked out um, or just because they're not getting updates from the team because they don't have to make any IL moves because uh, the expanded rosters. But like Brandon Rogers has sat three games in a row. Um, there's no update on it. We have no idea what's going on. I don't think they're benching him because they're playing Alan Trejo and Harold Castro in his spot. Um, Same thing with Doi. He sat Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No update. And then I heard um, in the broadcast they apparently mentioned he he was dealing with a hamstring. But um, on Sunday, I couldn't find any any update about him. Um, He came back last night. So um, just keep an eye on that. Even the... With the Yankees, the um, yep. Oswald Peraza kid took 48 hours to get an update. Um, we just saw he sat Sunday, I believe, and then he was out of the lineup yesterday, and then the, the news came out later. So um, a lot of things like that. Usually if a guy's sitting, it was, it was a regular and he sits two games in a row, um, unless he's gone like, oh, for 20 or something like that, it usually means there, there's something a little fishy there. Yeah. Um, just yeah. The process
0: one was really frustrating. I added him because I needed a third baseman to fill in for Jorge Polanco, who's on bereavement. So I was like, oh, I need somebody for f- four days. They play four games, sign me up. He could get me a stolen base. Didn't get any updates from the team on Sunday, or Monday morning, nothing until Monday until the lineup comes out. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, he's dealing with knee inflammation. So it's probably going to end up on the IL. Um, if, the, if that, you know, fluid doesn't go down. Um, Yeah. So the teams, man, the reporters not doing that great of a job this time of year, which doesn't help us. And you know that I know nothing about prospects. So you tell me about this guy on the Cubs, Pete Crow Armstrong, and I go, who the fuck is this guy? I start to look him up and he seems like he's pretty fucking good. (laughs) So through the double A and triple A, he has 20 home runs combined and 37 stolen bases. Um, and then if you put together on a, you know, it's around a 280 average. So uh, pretty good uh, there. I would say there could be strikeout concerns, but we have that with most rookies. So yeah, I, I, when I hear the, the rookie name get called, I'm like, who is this type? type, type, type. <laughs> Look at fan graphs and try and figure it out as quickly as possible, because I just don't just don't pay attention to it as, as much as I should. Maybe. I don't know. I, I've been given some shit from FTN subscribers before uh, from for not being up to par on like, dynasty or prospects i'm like I'm, so, I'm sorry it's just really not the game i play until i know that they're coming up so um i'll be keeping my eyes and ears on Pete Crow armstrong moving forward since he was called up and activated yesterday
1: i didn't uh, uh, i didn't know much about him. i just read he's he's amazing defensively and he's a lefty so um i wonder if they're just getting rid of talkman or the the, the Talkman experience is is mostly over uh maybe they move him to the age again uh maybe a, a some type of platoon at the age with Morella and Talkman. Um, so many options, but we'll know by the end of the week. Um, for for Sunday. And uh, but in daily leagues, pick up Pico Armstrong and, and um and see what happens.
0: Yeah, the uh the talkman era could be coming to a close soon over the last 14 yeah. days. He has a 216 average with 10 strikeouts and 37 at bats with no home runs. Uh that's not great if you're going to be using him as the leadoff hitter um, on a team that is contending for the playoffs. So we could potentially see David Ross, the manager of the Cubs, mix some things up soon. You talked about Chris Bryant being activated. Um, that's going to screw with people who were adding Montero and who is it? Goodman, etc. Yeah. Right. We thought that we were getting a full seven game, of course, with with all these hitters. And then lo and behold, Chris Bryant wants to end his vacation that he was on. I'm, I'm he, actually, he actually broke his, it's for a broken finger this time. So um, there is actually some validity to him missing time. But I, I swear sometimes that guy on the on the Rockies this year is like, <laughs> ah, I hear Aspen's nice this time of year. <laughs> be back in two weeks, three weeks or whatever. Uh, here, we have one slight news of uh, that would be on the good side of things. The only one actually, and that's Jared Kelnick. Returns from the IL uh, from the fractured foot. Who loses playing time? They demoted. Was it Marlowe yesterday?
1: Yeah. Um, it looks like there's, and I, I thought it was interesting they they played him against the lefties first game back. Uh, before he got hurt, he was somewhat platooning with with Dylan Moore, uh, but now Dylan Moore looks like to be getting his uh, his platoon time with uh, with Joshua at second base. So uh, maybe that means Kevin plays every day. Uh, if that happens, then there's one spot left for, for Mike Ford and for Canzone against righties. Uh, my guess is it goes to Ford. He's been better recently. Uh, but we know we know with Ford, he could go over 20 and then it goes back to Canzone. But um, based on that, I think Canzone's an easy drop. And then for Ford, um, you can decide um, Sunday what to do.
0: Speaking of Josh Runghouse, uh he started to have an increase in playing time about a month ago. And he was doing pretty well, but he's sort of trending towards that talkman path. The batting average isn't as bad at two forty, but in terms of 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 getting inside the box and getting playing time, the reps, he uh, he's pretty low on the list, looking at twenty five at bats. Over the last two weeks, you can compare that to the guys that are in the lineup every day. and that's at that's a you know fifty plus plate appearances. So his playing time has sort of dried up as well. I would likely be cutting him if you're still holding on to him as he isn't an everyday player anymore we're going to get into a starting pitcher and we're going to kind of dissect them a little bit. And then we're going to predict where we think he's going to go in drafts. If this was the first half of the season and we were talking during the all-star break, like we were hanging out in Toronto, we would probably have guessed Jesus Lazardo's the top four or five round pick, maybe even third round from just from the first half. I'll go over those numbers real quick. 3.29 ERA 3.44 Sierra. That was ranked eighth. His whip was at 1.13. The K minus BB was 23%, which was fifth among all starting pitchers. His CSW was also ranked fifth at 30.8%. And the swinging strike rate was at 14.4%, which ranked sixth of all qualified starting pitchers. So if we're just looking at that and we say, all right, how, where are we drafting this guy? What would you say that those kind of metrics and the back of the baseball uh, stats, the, the Roto stats that you and I play for, strikeouts era whip wins uh where would you have said just predicting not that you're in or out that that kind of first half stat
1: line gets drafted in 2024 i mean just that stat line i probably said second round yeah, no uh uh probably uh, three four turn okay. um just because the team context kind of keeping it down a little bit um yeah, somewhere around there, but I, I think part of it is the um, like backing up the 100 innings from last year with the 3.11 x5, 3.32 ERA. Uh So it would have been um, maybe 100, what 180, 200 innings of of that, um, which very impressive, still on the Marlins, so keeping the price down a little bit. Um, but yeah, somewhere, somewhere, yeah, probably late third would have would have been my guess. Uh, but now, but now that's changed.
0: And he pitched uh, the most the impressive uh, stat for me is the 109.1 innings pitched in the first half is yeah. pretty good, you know, for somebody that wasn't as efficient and did have previous injury history. Um, that right there is we'll call that the green highlight on our on our sheet that you like to do. Um, let's now look into the second half. 4.94 ERA ranked 68th among starting pitchers. 4.31 Sierra ranked 48th. The whip is at 1.51 ranking 77th K minus BB is at 15%, which ranks 36th. The CSW rate is at 27.4%, which is ranked 25th. And the swinging strike rate is down to 12.7% ranking at 21. So now we have the full profile of the year (laughs) last night. I don't know if you pitch last night. I I don't think it was last night. It didn't go too so well. Yeah. Um, now we have the full body uh, of work here, and we only have a couple weeks left, so he's got you know two to three starts remaining, or whatever it may be, maybe four. Um, now, knowing what we know or seeing the both bodies of work, we've seen one hundred and sixty point one innings pitched, which is a sixty inning pitched uh, spike from last season, which is awesome to see from a starting pitcher. Now we could maybe comfortably, health aside potentially predict him to be a workhorse next season. Um, that's on the positive side of things for him, but we are seeing regression and we're seeing it heavily. Uh, you and I thought that we would see some sort of regression like that. Uh, maybe not to that extremity with Zach Gallen. Uh, yeah, haven't gotten that full, full regression just yet, but what are your current thoughts going into the winter on somebody like Jesus Lazardo seeing the good side and the bad side? Um.
1: So lastly he went at 118 and he's gonna pitch more innings, but um his numbers don't look as good. Um I, I was I was trying to find a comment from, from last year and I just couldn't. There's I, I couldn't find anyone who who struggled so much. The one name that kind of came to mind is uh Nathan Yovaldi. Um just because Iovaldi was really good in the first half last year, had a decent track record, um, more so than Lazardo, but not not as not as as good as P- as peak Lazardo was was last and earlier this year. Um, and then the Velo dropped in the second half. Um, he was really bad. The uh, there were some injury concerns, which I don't think there are with Lazardo right now. Um, but if he has like three more starts like this. Um, and he his he his yari climbs up above four. Um, I'd have to think that's still a decent comp. You have all the went one thirty three last year, so um maybe because of the upside, someone takes the chance. Maybe around one sixty. I don't know. What 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 do you think? I had a tough time yeah, with this one. I, I, I <laughs> could
0: see I I could see him being um maybe his price. Uh, regardless of predicting where it is, potentially when we start doing our DCs this winter, I think it could be palatable. Um, and then moving forward, if we, you know, all starting pitchers, they all get pushed up, right? Yeah, we all, yeah. we all fucking say that with the NFC. We've be beaten a dead horse on that, but he could potentially be one of those guys. Uh, slight uptick in velocity. He's mixing this up. He's added this. He's young. Look what he did in the first half, etc. Look at the full season of work you could start to see the narrative where he does become one of the helium guys and potentially the helium could become too rich uh, for my liking. Um, so yeah, I, I'm having a hard time with him as well. And that that's kind of why I wanted to uh,
1: use him as the example.
0: For um, what it's worth though, I just
1: take... looked it up. His um, his last three starts, um, his velo has been down about a mile an hour um, or at least mm-hmm. about half a mile an hour. The t- um, sorry. Sorry two starts ago and then last start he was down at 95.8 uh and most of you was at 96.8 97 97.2 and so on so um that 95.8 keeps going for the last three starts um i think uvaldi might end up being being a decent comp um maybe the kind of guy that um people look the overall body of the work and he start he goes earlier than he should uh, early in draft season and people start digging into him and sees something's wrong here lower velo bad results in second half and he started slipping um yeah he's, sort of,
0: uh, you're sort of seeing the inverse of what i'm or, or i think or well then well then
1: it. then as you said like eventually all the then if we see him healthy in in spring and like you said with main events going up and all that uh pricing price of starting pitches going up then, then it could go back up but um I, I do think he's the kind of pitcher i mean what you said, like the, the, uh, back of a baseball ball stats. Um, I think when people start drafting, that's what we look at. And then when we dig deeper, we kind of notice the bats are going have things like that. So, um, especially if, if there's people drafting that kind of checked out a month ago, um, you might, you might just remember what, what happened earlier in the year. Uh, then again, I say this, but his VLO could be back up to, uh, next start. And uh, he could pitch a gem, and his price goes goes back up. So um, it, it's weird how we're, we're so influenced, even even when we're drafting the offseason, we're influenced by by very little things. Um, and even if we just look back at that, the, the the you mentioned earlier, the the DC draft that they did, um, the seven rounds, it's been they probably I think they did that about a month ago. If we look back at that, we're drafting today. Uh, the ADP is completely different. Um, Trey Turner's gone on a tear I think he probably moves up he went late first round I think he's probably back in the middle of the first round um just things change so quickly um they probably shouldn't change that quickly because we're paying attention too much to small yeah. samples but uh, it's just human nature yeah
0: so the Marlins are right on the fence here they are the fourth spot so three spots get the NL wild card. And it's the Phillies, Cubs, and Diamondbacks. And the Marlins are right behind the Diamondbacks at 1.5 games back. We've seen guys with velo dips. There's kind of two tales of the story most of the time. It's either, oh, he's kind of nursing something. That comes out, and then, you know, then there could potentially be an injury that occurs, and then he's day-to-day or on the I.L. Or sometimes it could be, like we mentioned, the 60-inning increase for Lizardo. Uh, He's at 160. It could just be just pure fatigue. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I feel like the Marlins should be paying attention to this velo dip as well, and maybe push the guy back a day or two. We see we've seen that in the past with Nate Evaldi. Uh, we're seeing it currently with Chris Sale as well. Sometimes uh, it's just fatigue, and um, they just need an extra day or two. So maybe, just maybe, they do that with uh, Hayes Luce Lizardo to end the season. You want to talk about anything else?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Nothing. Nothing really comes to mind. Um just it's it's uh it's a grind three weeks to go kind of looking for it uh to the end of this um, fuck i hear you <laughs> i'm so like i'm feeble i'm wilted i have i haven't uh at least i don't have the, i mean I'm, I'm doing football on the side but nothing nothing uh not nearly as involved in it as you are so uh i can't imagine having to do both sports but just doing full baseball is uh is a grind it's the stress. Um, have one league that's really close worth uh, for a lot of money and I uh, wake up in the middle of the night, check box scores, wake up in the morning, I think about it. I start thinking about Fab on a Tuesday, start planning, uh, looking at uh, if, if the postponed game from yesterday is going to affect Dylan Cease's matchups going forward. Just little things like that, that just it's it's a grind plays with plays with my mind it's i'm always thinking about that i think my my wife's kind of looking forward to to this uh, ending as well because she she says you're not there phil i know you're thinking about you're not you're not here with us I'm like mm-hmm. i know i know it's just a lot of money it's three weeks left <laughs> we're gonna get a nice vacation out of this but you just, have to, you just have to give me if i need an extra hour uh for fab on on sunday i, I need it, it uh, it'll be worth it don't worry <laughs>
0: I, you and I both go to bed early. We get up early. I do the whole middle of the night thing and it's usually to see if like Camilo Duvall gotten a save. That's like my, <laughs> that's my, my midnight wake up, go to the restroom and, you know, check to see what happened on the West coast games. Now that I'm over here in Illinois. Um,
1: Mine's for a Mookie w- Betts home run. <laughs> there you go.
0: Love that. He's the man. Well, as always, great to see you. I will be keeping in touch, obviously, as we talk about football and the rest of baseball season. Greatly appreciate you joining me today. Uh, this is Phil Dussault is my guest. You can follow him on Twitter at PhilDussault27. And to spell that, his last name is D-U-S-S-A-U-L-T. I will be back uh, next week, I think, maybe, or somebody else from FTN Fantasy. Our, my co-host and colleague, Vlad Sedler is currently out of the country uh, on a work mission. Uh, so he is out there. Doing his thing and i'm trying to fill the big guy's shoes so thank you so much for listening this is the ftn fantasy baseball podcast and if you haven't already please subscribe rate and review it goes a long way for us and we greatly appreciate it until next time